y'all. Katie here with Team Evo AZ at EXP Realty. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We are super excited for this season. As you know, we are based in the Phoenix, Arizona area. But what you may not have known is that we're growing our team nationwide and we have already started. So if you know of anybody that is looking to buy or sell throughout the country, no matter what state it's in, please contact us. We'd be happy to help. We'd be happy to offer advice. And if you know of anybody that is either getting into the real estate industry or is looking for an awesome change in their career and in their lives, we are also hiring real estate agents across the country. Thanks again and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, here we are again. It's Katie and Matt. <laughs> and this is Real with Matt and Katie, which stands for Real Estate and Life. We talk a little bit about real estate. We talk a little bit about life. We have Ryan with us on the podcast today. Hello, Ryan. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Can you give our audience just a brief little tidbit on who you are and what you do? Yes, uh, my name is Ryan Gilliam. I work with Waterstone Mortgage, been with the company, been in the industry for 15 years now, and uh, I'm, I'm a loan officer, so we help people uh, purchase and refinance their homes. You help lots of people. <laughs> we try to. <laughs> you help lots of our people. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. So thank you for always uh, trusting us with your people. Appreciate it. For sure. Ryan, I trusted you with my own mother, so that's got to be true. saying something. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, so today we are talking about uh, a question that a lot of people have. And I feel like this is a question that some people may have, yet they don't ask the question. They don't maybe seek out information to see how they can solve the problem. And they just say, oh, well, we don't want to move twice. So sorry, sweetie, but we're staying in this place forever. Right. Yeah, we run into this a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so there are a few tricks that we have up our sleeve, don't we, Ryan, where we can kind of help guide people through this process so that they don't have to do the double move. There are options, yeah. I think a lot of people just kind of get nervous and think about moving twice and it's overwhelming and they just stay put, but there are a lot of options I think a lot of people know about, so I'm glad we're, we're covering that today. Yeah, me too. So let's talk a little bit about why somebody would have to sell in order to buy. For those that are maybe yes. newer, haven't purchased yet, they may not know why that's even a thing. So the two main reasons, one would be if they don't qualify for two mortgage payments. If, if uh, the current house and the new one they want to buy increases their debt to income ratio too much over what's allowed, um, we have to make it contingent upon selling their current home to qualify for the new one. So that's the biggest reason. Another reason is payments. Uh, you know, the down payment be in the proceeds from the home. So they had to sell that property to tap into that equity for the down payment on the new home. So those are the two main reasons why you'd have to sell the home. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so the most popular way of doing this, yeah. in, in my opinion, and you guys correct me, um, is doing a contingent sale, that's meaning, I have a house to sell. I'm going to go out and put an offer on another home to buy. It's contingent on my home selling. And I'm going to do this really cool thing by selling them both in the same day. <laughs> yes. So we see that a lot. Um, so tell me a little bit about how that works on closing day. Like what is going on behind the scenes with you and how, how often 
are we able to pull that off, pull off a simultaneous close? Well, we do it a lot. It, it's a little hectic, you know, um, two closings in one day. Uh, typically, I know what you and your team always try to do is, is have one title company facilitating both transactions. That always helps um, because you always have to try to close on the current home that's being sold early in the morning to give time for the funds to be available for the new transaction. So if there's two title companies, you know, you really need that wire to hit really early in the morning so it can be transferred over to the other title company to close on the other home. So it does get a little hectic, but it, it's very doable. We do it all the time. Um, and again, uh, the same title company was really helpful and I'm glad you guys usually pull that off. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. We've learned <laughs> from past experiences. Um, and, and so the simultaneous close is something we've done quite a bit this year, actually. Yeah. Or sometimes, you know, maybe we'll close the sale where we need to get the funds out of the day before we close yes. the purchase where the funds are going. Sometimes that that works also. I mean, we've done That's that correct. Also. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't always happen the same day. I know we could talk about the pre and post possessions and everything, but um, that always helps just to give time for the funds to to make it to the title company for the purchase. And, uh, but yeah, but usually we try to get the loan documents out for both transactions at least three days ahead of time. So the signings could take place. They don't have to actually sign on that day because that would make things a lot more hectic. So we mm -hmm. like to do it about three days in advance so everybody has time to look at the closing statements, understand the numbers, the interest rates, the payments, the down payments, the proceeds from the sale of the house, and then give everybody time to actually order their wires and have them scheduled to go out first thing in the morning so there's no hiccups. Mm -hmm. So being ahead of, of the process is usually really important and I know you guys are great at doing that. Yeah, totally, and it's, it's, it's like what you're saying, it's also like conditioning our buyers and our sellers to really understand what's coming down the pipe and like, yes. and, and have expectations of this not going like exactly as planned, because there's so much up in the air. There's so many moving parts. It's de determined on so many people's actions, especially when you have two parties involved. So I think setting that right kind of as like a blanket over the whole thing, and then being proactive with your approach, like you said, getting all this important data to them right beforehand so they have time to digest it versus feeling like I gotta make all these decisions and crunch all these numbers in the 11th exactly. hour of my house. And it just causes people to really make situations where there are none. I agree. Totally. Yeah. Like a mentor would always say that, uh, you know, buying a home is, is like, a, like a flying on a plane. There's going to be some turbulence, but as long as you have a good pilot, co-pilots, you know, they're, they're going to guide you through it. So yeah, as long really as you set that expectation up front, but you have a great team like, like uh, Katie and Matt over here, you're going to get through it. Awesome. Thank you. I mean, it's true. Real estate is a bit stressful. No bones about it. I mean, it's right up there with what divorce and isn't there something else it's right up there with um it's the leading cause of it yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like, yeah. one of the leading causes of divorce is house sales like yeah, yeah like making yeah. people really marriages fall apart especially if you're doing a contingency and you're dealing with this whole having to find a home while your home sells and all this that's a lot going on Whew. it's a lot yes it is a lot going on. Proper guidance is definitely key, Ryan. Thank you for pointing that out. But I think also setting the expectation that, hey, look, you know, we're, we've been around for a while. We're pretty experienced. We're going to do our best to make it a smooth process. But it's, like you said, turbulence. Just expect it to happen because yeah. it's just what you're doing is quite a big thing, especially <laughs> with the double.
Totally. Yep. As long as you land, that's what's most important. So. Exactly. <laughs> All in one piece, we'll just say. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of contingencies, this one's pretty cool. And this is one that we pulled out of our hat a couple of months ago, um, yes. just because of the crazy market conditions. And we knew we needed to. It's something that I had used years and years ago when we had a crazy market years and years ago. And honestly, I don't see any of our competitors doing it. I mean, no, no, no huh? And it's what I, I don't even know if it's the right term for it, Ryan, but I call it a reverse contingency. Okay. Yes, that's what I've always heard of it as is reverse contingency. Yes. Have you? Okay. So I coined, I coined the phrase that <laughs> just kidding. I didn't coin the phrase, <laughs> um, but a reverse contingency is just that it's the contingency in reverse. So, um, you know, instead, so seller goes out and says, okay, buyer, I will accept an offer on my home. I haven't found an acceptable property for me to move to yet. So I'm going to write into the contract buyer. You're going to give me two weeks, three weeks, four weeks in order to secure an acceptable home. So when I say acceptable home, that doesn't mean just any old home will do. That means I'm hopefully through inspections at that point and hopefully through appraisal so that I know that it is acceptable conditions. It's an acceptable yes. property for me to move to. Absolutely. And uh, how do you feel with when buyers are making offers on homes and it, and it has a, a contingency? I know it's not as strong and some sellers aren't willing to take it. When you actually have a reverse contingency and there's already a contract on that buyer's home, that really strengthens it probably, right? Makes it a much stronger offer. 100%. Absolutely. And I think it also demonstrates this buyer's willingness to facilitate a successful deal. Because when you're exactly. on the seller's end, you're always wondering about who this magical buyer is that no one knows about. But when you can yeah. see the writing on the wall that they're going to give extra time, they're going to be a little bit more lenient and supportive. I think that's just one more you know, great addition to uh, any offer. Exactly. And if the contract's in place, you're already further along in the process with the mortgage. So you could show that, that the buyer for the current house is approved. You know, maybe the appraisal hasn't been ordered yet because they're still looking for a new home, but it's a much stronger deal that, you know, we're not going to have issues down the road that that home's going to, that home's going to close. hundred percent. It's so much stronger than, you know, like you guys said, coming in with no buyer at all, or how about no listing at all? We've had some sellers that have been yeah. so nervous about listing their home. Cause let's face it guys, once you're a seller under contract, there is very little outs for you. And so it's basically a done deal once you're under contract as the seller. So they get very nervous and say, well, we don't want to list our house until we find something acceptable yeah. on the other end. Sellers right now are not even, they won't even talk to you. They're like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, that's funny, Katie. Come back when you have an actual listing and a buyer. <laughs> yeah, you don't be. see very often. And I know you recently done one and successfully. And we have the, the process in, in, I mean, the transaction and process right now. Absolutely. That is a fantastic story, actually. So the, the buyer, the seller slash buyer in this particular situation that you're talking about, we actually ended up finding them an off market property. So they, they went in with their contingency. They actually had three weeks. We found them a property that wasn't even listed on the MLS. So there was no other, no other buyers were going after it. Right. So they were the only ones, which was awesome. 
we were under contract with our property because we had the reverse contingency. We had three weeks to find a, an acceptable property. And we actually just lifted the contingency two days ago. And everything went awesome. I mean, it, our buyers that were buying my seller's home um, were amazing. They understood. They were dealing with similar situation themselves, actually, because they were doing a move up also. So everybody in, uh, you know, all parties in the transaction, seller, buyer, buyer, seller on the other side. And, uh, you know, all agents have basically come together, meeting of the mind. We all realized that we needed to be flexible and work with one another. And it's amazing what we were able to pull off for these people. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's a tool that a lot of people don't use. So it, it really works, especially in this transaction. And, and I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah, 100%. And now there are what, five different families, something like that in that <laughs> chain that are affected positively because yes. of this scenario that never would have been able to put it together before because they were fearful. Exactly. A lot less stress too, which is important. So <laughs> that's great. That's key. That's key yes. for all of us, I think. So we have a couple of other ways uh, around this whole double move thing. And the next, the next scenario is a post-possession or perhaps a pre-possession. And what that means is basically if you sell your home and um, you can close on, basically close on your home and then sort of rent it back from the new buyer. So that would be, if I was a seller, that would be a post-possession for me. So I'm closing on my home so that I can go put the funds into my new home and get closed on that. But I'm renting back the home from my new buyer for a couple of days, couple of weeks, whatever it ends up being. So that's a post-possession. Tell me a little bit about how post-possessions affect mortgage for the buyer. So the person buying the home that's essentially yes. now a landlord for a couple of days. Yeah, and um, it, it doesn't affect the mortgage too bad. It, it just depends on how long um, the post-possession is gonna take place. It's usually the max they allow is 60 days. If you're oh. buying a home as an owner-occupied property, you need to make sure that the buyer is able to move into the home within 60 days of closing. So as, as long as the post-possession doesn't go past 60 days, which it rarely does, it's usually a week, maybe two weeks, then there's no issues with, uh, with the mortgage. It doesn't affect the approval. Awesome. That's perfect because that is another great way of handling this. Um, there's also the ability to do a pre-possession. So me as the seller, I go and rent my new house from that current owner until I sign on the dotted line and close. So there are two different ways of doing it. Um, and, and how do you feel about prepossessions and postpossessions? I, I actually, I agree. I, I, I do like them. Um, you do, you do yeah, now. now, you didn't before. <laughs> so, um, well, I think when, once again, they're going to be very market related. So, you know, beforehand, when you didn't have such an extreme seller's market with a lower inventory, I did feel like getting into postpossessions and prepossessions was kind of a, a legal tangle and you'll you'll see this and this is a good question as a buyer and seller goes when you're talking to real estate agents there's a lot of real estate brokerages in arizona that will not entertain pre or post possessions they will not let their their agents actually negotiate that tool which in today's setting is a very very common tool for six for a successful transaction right so i think that's something that a lot of people really need to explore especially when they're going in hey 
you know, can this even happen? And am I dealing with someone that has experience in setting up the proper verbiage to protect our sellers and buyers from if something does go awry? Um, and, and, and I think that's why one of those things I've always kind of, it really needs to make sense. But now that it's becoming, I think, a lot more commonly practiced because of the market, I find it to be a little bit more tolerable. Yeah. That's a huge big deal and a huge point that you just brought up because what if you're halfway through a transaction and you're, and you're, you know, you've got your agent and their name's on the contract and they've been handling it and all of a sudden a situation comes up where a pre-possession or a post-possession would really work out and they're like, so sorry. Yeah, I broke it a lot. We can't do that. (laughs) 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 So that's huge. Good point, Matt. All right, so the last one that we have for our audience today is actually our favorite. This is one that we do. Um, So let's talk about keeping that home and putting tenants in that home. So we keep it as a rental. We take as long as we want to move out of it because it's ours and it doesn't matter. So tell me a little bit about how that works. For uh, qualifying purposes, I know when we first spoke, um, you know, about buying a new property and, and the reason why you'd have to sell, one of the main reasons, of course, is tapping into that equity for the new home. But if you already have the money saved up and if you want to build an investment portfolio and keep that house and rent it out, um, a great option, of course, would be to get a lease agreement on that home. And what, what is important to do that is for qualifying purposes, if you don't qualify with both mortgages, uh, the home that you're vacating and the new one, we really need a lease agreement before closing to show that you have someone in place that's gonna be renting that house out. So we need two things, we need that agreement and we usually need at least um, the security deposit or the first months of rent to really show it's a valid contract. And what we're able to do, we could take 75% of that lease amount and we use that as income for you and we use that to offset that mortgage payment. So it's not like you're paying two mortgages, you're really just paying one, and that renter is paying that mortgage, so you're not qualifying with both. So it's a great option, but uh, ideally, if you qualify with both payments, you don't need that lease agreement, so you don't have to rush to get it rented out. You could take your time moving out of the property, but if you don't, then that lease agreement is a great option. And uh, the reason, we, we get the question a lot, how could we could only use 75% of what that lease is as income. It's called a vacancy factor. We have to factor in the fact that maybe there's gonna be periods where the home isn't rented or maybe the renter has to miss a payment. So we always have to you know, factor that in, but that's what that's right. for. That makes a lot of sense. So in the scenario where you need to have the lease agreement in place, yes. does the lease beginning date have any impact? It just needs to be within 30 days of when the home closes, the new property closes actually. So as long as it starts within 30 days, then you're okay. Cool. So I could essentially close on my new home and take a week to move out and give possession to the, to the tenant. That's correct. Awesome. Usually a week's enough. I don't know. It is for me when I have a new home, I'm like ready, you know, (laughs) of course you are. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right, gentlemen. Well, that's all that I have. Do you have anything else to add to this topic? Uh, This has been great. I think it's a great topic to cover. And, um, you know, like you were saying, reverse contingency is just something that that isn't really well known out there. And um, I'm glad we discussed it today. I think it's something, especially in this market, it's going to be very useful. Yes. Yeah. And and I think once again, this conversation and like a lot of our conversations in today's markets being such a strong seller's market with low inventory is just really putting focus on 
exploring all your options, get out of your own head and talking about the negatives and setting up things that you don't even know will, won't work when you get into this and ask those questions, reach out to Ryan and say, Hey, this is my exact situation. What can we do to really add some padding to not, you know, bring up these stresses that I hear about or that I'm creating in my head and really get, you know, firm answers. That's a huge point. I've talked to a lot of people in the past and they've avoided certain things or done things a certain way because, well, I talked to my parents about it. Yeah. And 25 years ago when they bought, this is how it was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, a little bit has changed since your things parents bought. Things have changed bought. a little bit since then. <laughs> a little bit, a, a lot. Yeah. Well, and, and I think with rates being as low as they are too, I think a lot of people are pleasantly surprised that they're able to handle two mortgages, that they That's are true. actually qualified yes. to do the, the turn their home, current home into a rental, mar, a rental home. So I think uh, it's just so good to ask those questions and get those answers before you make big decisions. Absolutely, find somebody you love and trust and ask away. Well, Ryan, it's been real. I really appreciate we, we. we. Really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. And to our audience, again, we are Matt and Katie. We are a married couple navigating the real estate waters here in the Phoenix, Arizona area for like, what, 20 years? I know you got a couple on me. Yeah. See the wrinkles? No, you actually still look pretty good. Um, <laughs> right. So again, this is REAL. And what we would like you guys to do, please, please, is follow us on your favorite podcast platform. We love iTunes. But please follow us, download, subscribe, and share this information with anybody that you think that it might really work well for or they're in need of it. Because our goal is to get the real news out to the real people, Ryan. So, and, and one more thing to kind of add, and I don't mean to go off top, but like you said, just this doesn't just apply to Arizona. This is nationwide. Ryan has actually come through for me with friends that have moved from here to other states all over, and he's been able to help them out with refinances, mortgage purchases, and all this. So even if you're hearing this and you're in a different state and you're looking for someone to really use as a resource for information in your state, reach out to us. We can get you in touch with Ryan or reach out directly to Ryan. You'd be very surprised on what he can do. Thanks, totally Matt. agree. <laughs> yes. We love you, Ryan. All right. Love you guys. Thank you. Right. This has been fun. It's been real. Cheers. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>